Heather slept with Brooke. Heather slept with Brooke? Yes. Oh. Brooke slept with Nina. And I slept with Nina. See that? Wow, yeah. So, four. One, two, three. That is how many people it takes to link you to me. Laughing, moving, fisting, fighting, fucking, crying, drinking, squirting, judging, ranting, camping, writing, thinking, scheming. This is the way. It's the way that we live. It's the way that we live. And Hi, I'm Reese. And I am Kristen. And this is to Ellen back. Oh, to Ellen back. Go! Oh! <laughs> Next time. Listen, it, Next it's time. episode two, you know, Reese. And like, I just like, I believe in us. Like, I'm going to remember to say it at the same time as you. And then we're mm-hmm. going to get better at it. And by like episode five, I think we're going to nail it. I love nailing things. <laughs> this is an auto straddle podcast that will be recapping every episode uh, of the L word. It is called to Ellen back. You're welcome. It's called to Ellen back. You're welcome. Well, it's called to Ellen back, but you are all welcome for this hot, hard hitting content. Yes. Today we're talking about the second half of the pilot. So that is we're still on season or we're still on episode one. If you're watching on the DVDs, we're on episode two. If you're watching on streaming, Um, it was directed by Rose Trosh and written by Eileen Chaikin. Eileen Chaikin. Yes. And uh, it aired same same day as same day. the uh, first part of the pilot, January 18th, 2004. So if you were watching in real time, which I was, you would have had two meaty hours of this lovely lesbian landscape uh, smattered with so much heterosexuality, which I'm sure we will continue to talk about yes. in today's episode. Uh-huh. Um, Wow, Reese, I have a lot of feelings. Can I just like out of the gate say that I think this is a phenomenal episode of television? Thank you. I agree. I think it was a really, I think it's a hard hitting pilot. Like it really sets up a lot of things. I think it establishes characters. It's really emotional. I always forget like how much happens in this, in this episode. You know what I mean? Like so much happens. So much happens. And yeah. and usually, and we'll see, I guess, as the series progresses, but I'm used to, um, I do a podcast about Buffy the Vampire Slayer, and I'm used to going oh. scene by scene and talking about <laughs> talking about each scene as we go. But when I was taking notes for this, I was like, there's no way. Like, there's, it, it interstitial, there's like the, all these little interstitial scenes. There's so many of them um, that it almost feels like there's like chunks of scenes rather than like yeah. individual scenes in so many places. So, yeah, there's um, like 35 scenes. Yeah, it's a lot. It's a lot of scenes, um, and some and some massive pieces are put into place in this uh, second half of the pilot, mm-hmm. which makes sense since it's the pilot, and we need those big pieces to continue. Um, Jenny is so excited to be a cashier, which is my first note. <laughs> <laughs> I I liked their uniforms. Um, yeah, I thought that cute. they. I thought it was cute. It was like, oh, I'm a, like an elf, but like at Whole Foods, you know. Um, <laughs> had like a Christmas spirit, but also had like a little bit of a I'm an apple picker spirit, you know. Mm-hmm, um, really loved the guy uh, asking if homos checked out her boyfriend. That was cute. And like, is it realistic? Like that felt the writing in this episode. I actually really thought was fantastic. But yeah. there, there were a couple tiny moments where I was like, I mean, it just felt I like think a it is. I think it is a little realistic. Yeah. For the times. Yeah, 2004. People yeah. saying homos. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I say homos every day, but I'm allowed right. to because I am a homo. So that's my right and my privilege. <laughs> so um, I have a big thing to say, and I'm feeling a little vulnerable about it, but I have to speak my truth as I do this watch. It's only my second watch. It's my second time meeting these characters. Um, I find Marina increasingly attractive. I am like, she's really doing something to me. And I can't explain to you how I came into the series because it was like, just like laughing Marina off the screen. Like I right. really had no attachment to her at all. And I don't know what has changed in me, Reese, but like, I, I just feel like, <laughs> do you tell me, tell me what's changed in no, me. No, no. I mean, I think, first of all, I think, I mean, first of all, she must have nipple confidence. You know, (laughs) she definitely does. I think that she has really strong, like, push you up against the wall energy, you know? Mm -hmm, And I mm -hmm. think, especially, 
for when you're like uncertain about who you are and what you want in some way, like somebody who just comes in and it's like, hey, this is who you are and this is what you want and I'm going to give it to you can be sort of like a relief, especially when you're someone who like is in control of a million things every day. There's something right. very alluring about somebody who like just completely absolves you of those responsibilities and is like, here I am, I'm doing it, I'm taking the first move, you know? Yeah, yeah, totally. Uh, you know, it's becoming clearer and clearer to me the more we talk about this series, um, how much of uh, my personal psychology is gonna be uh, just bear, right bare on the table <laughs> for everybody. You're right, Race. I just want somebody to throw me up against the walls. I have yeah. so much else to do, just take control. Yeah, um, and yeah. I guess, I mean, I feel like I've known that about myself for a while, but I right. don't think I knew that about myself in 2004. So um, I thought Marina was like, oh, like over dramatic. Like I just, I think I had a very narrow idea of like sexuality, truly. Like, um, yeah. and I don't mean that like queer sexuality. I just mean sexuality in general, like how you could express it and like what could be sexy and what could be whatever. Like it was very vanilla in 2004. So I don't know what's going to happen with me and Marina. You'll have to stay tuned to find out. <laughs> and Jenny's so flustered, you know? Jenny, that's another thing. Mia Kirshner's acting is fucking incredible yeah. in this episode. And also, like, the, the arc of Jenny, I think, is incredibly powerful, which I'm sure yeah. we'll talk about more. But yeah, yeah. she's so flustered because Marina invites her to book club, the gayest yeah. thing you can do. And, and then she straight up is like, is your reading group a gay group? And it's like, you know, she's she's making strides. She's asking. She's asking yes. now. She's she's preparing herself so that she can, like, you know, know if she needs to wear her leather bracelet or not. <laughs> oh, my God. Shane's leather fucking bracelet at the end of this episode. It has, like, two. We'll get there. Whatever. Uh <laughs> <laughs> you mean Shane's when Shane takes the bracelet off of her wrist and puts it on her body to wear as a shirt? Is that what you're talking yes, about? Yes, yes. Yeah, a lot, mm -hmm. of, a lot of strings. A lot yeah, of strings a lot of strings. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> so then we get, you know, after the book club conversation at the grocery store, we get some of these interstitials that I was talking about, these mm -hmm. like little scenes. And um, it's sort of putting into parallel, like, you know, Jenny is choosing the the gay book club, even though it's not a gay book club, but like inherently isn't a book club gay. Yeah. Uh, mm -hmm over going out with this like uh straight club that they have going on yeah, is it house. like poker or something I think so um it was it was like gloss it, it sounded like they were putting money into whatever it was so I kind of assumed it was poker yeah um it seemed like you know how a lot of times you're like man straight people definitely wrote these queer characters <laughs> it kind of felt like wow queer people definitely wrote these straight yeah. characters yeah they're grilling you know <laughs> Like yeah. every, everyone's in a couple. It, yeah. 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 Um, and that's put up against Bet and Tina, right? Where right. like there's trouble. Basically, like the subtitle of this episode is there's trouble in paradise. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And like there's all this like Tina and Bet just aren't connecting at the same time, you know? Yeah. Tina and Bet are. Oof. I was stressed out because they're the reason I the reason I go to the gym in the morning is because people will try to thwart you all fucking day if you try to plan it for later. So the moment that <laughs> Tina was like, I have to go to the gym, I was like, girl, you better go to the gym. Right. That, that's why I don't work it out at night because I know someone's going to fucking come in and be like, I thought we could spend the evening together. And I'm like, I'm never going to work out again. <laughs> you know, people are always trying um, to thwart you. You got to go before before anyone else is wake, wakes up. You know, you got to get out of the way. Since you since you're talking about going to the gym, have you ever been at the gym boobs mm. out and had somebody else come up to you boobs out and like touch your body and uh, say that I'm my he hip flexors are getting definition? <laughs> yeah. I mean, like most of the time, but not every. But that's this is the world of the L word where women just like walk up to other women and touch yeah. their hip flexors and boob to boob. Like boobs out. And like, it's yeah. not that my boobs have never been out in a locker room. It's just like, you know, there's a measure of personal space that yeah. you give a person when their boobs are out, no matter how, even if you're friendly, like, you know, just Jesus. But, and also the, well, at the gym, the, the towels are always so small, you know, that I have to have something yes. out because I'm very tall. I'm a tall mm -hmm. woman. A right. Tall drink so either of top water. or the bottom. <laughs> so yeah, I, something's going to be out. But no, no, I was lying. No woman has come up, touched my hip flexors, talked to me about definition, rubbed her nipples against my back. But maybe I just haven't been in the locker room with someone who had enough nipple confidence to do so, you know? Yeah. But that yeah. was, you know, super fucking weird. If we had a, if we had jingles on this podcast, I think the first one would be about nipple confidence. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I'm starting to see private, private clients very selectively, like private spinning clients like what right just you and another person on individual bikes yes okay all right my lady. dream 
Yeah. Right. That's um, the new the soul only cycle. The only, <laughs> the only other thing that I wanted to talk about in the interstitials um, for myself here is that um, in the book club conversation continued, Marina says to Jenny, you don't have to do anything you don't want to do, which um, is nice. I just think it's nice that she's laying down some consent in the uh, relationship here. She's mm -hmm. coding it in the book club, but we all know what she really means. Yeah. And I was just happy that Carolyn C. was there. You know, what a surprise. Yeah, Carolyn C. Isn't that what she said? Like, yeah. I, I couldn't believe that Carolyn C. was there. That's every time I go anywhere, I'm always like, Carolyn C., you again. Oh, you're so talented. I'm intimidated. I'm so happy I came. I feel very inspired. Jenny, feeling inspired, man. Now, Reese, a question that I had is, um, I, I just watched the first part of the pilot, but I'm wondering if you know why Tina is as mad as she is. I know that we kind of like ended the episode where like they were feeling differently about the whole donor thing, but it just seems like there was a, did I forget that there was like a massive fight? It just seems she's very angry. Tina? Yeah. At bat? Yeah. In general? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, correct. I... I don't know. <laughs> right? Like, I just... I, it just seemed like they were acting like they'd just been in a fight. Right. But I don't... But they remember. hadn't just been in a fight. No. I think it I think it ended at the planet for them yeah. where Tina was joking, or Tina wasn't joking and everybody else was. If we're forgetting something, please let us know. You can email us at <laughs> ellenbackcast at gmail.com. But I just felt like she it was real mad. It did seem like it was one of those relationships where, like, the relationship is fundamentally broken. And right. every interaction you have, you know, like you can't it's say, thought. did you get the mail without someone being like, what? I get the mail now. I'm always getting the mail. You know, <laughs> right, that's my right. job. And you're like, no, I just wanted to know because I <laughs> wanted to. I, if you had, I wouldn't go check myself. That's yeah, that's really all it was. Like, it just seemed like these are two people who are like not communicating very well. And then Tina wants to go back to Dan Foxworthy alone. I don't know why people oh continue God. to go see this man and spend time with him. I, it's I was so mad attack. at him. Yeah, like I was upset in the first half of the pilot about this guy, but I, I was full with like fury, a boiling fire of fury. But before um, we get to that actual appointment. Mm-hmm. Yes. The dinner. Where do we go? The restaurant. The dinner. First question for you, Reese. <laughs> Since when do groups of queer women go to the same restaurants as groups of straight people? Because I just... <laughs> I feel like they really got a table for six right away. <laughs> But when he, when Tim was like, Marina's not gay, is she? And she's like, I have no idea. Oh, <laughs> God, she was so cute in that moment. Yeah, she really, I really loved Jenny in this entire episode. Everything yeah. she did, I was just like very much feeling her journey. And then they were, the straight people were talking about the lesbians like they were like animals in a zoo. Truly, that one that looks like a rock star. <laughs> if, like, if, yeah, when she's like, if I had to be with a woman, that'd be my type. It's like, yeah, honey, you and every other fucking straight girl. There's a t-shirt. <laughs> You know? Also, if you had to be with a woman, can you expand on that? Like, <laughs> just let me know what the circumstances are. <laughs> yeah. You want to fuck Shane, just admit it. Right. And then, and then, like, you know, paralleling the last part of this pilot, she's, like, saying it to her boyfriend's face uh -huh. so they can make out, which barf on me. Don't yeah. barf on me. Barf on each other. Yeah, barf on each other while talking about a lesbian sex scene. And then oh. Rita goes to the bathroom. Oh. <laughs> It's so good. It's so good. It's so good. <laughs> I'm finding it very distracting. I'd like to see you again. Yes. <laughs> I just. I think that's honestly one of my favorite exchanges in all of the L word. It's really good. It's yeah. like, oh, and she delivers it fucking perfectly. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I love this. I love how she follows her. I love the way that they're in the bathroom. I love the like power play. And I also just love and maybe this is something that I'm going to start to love because I know you already are a Jenny fan, uh -huh. but I love Jenny's just like complete honesty about where she is at that exact moment yeah. in time, even if it changes within a, like a half of one second. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And also it's good that Marina doesn't have any, like she's not going to make room for Jenny's, the parts, the things that Jenny says that obviously aren't true or that are right. obviously like her like self-deception or her problems. Marina just is like, okay, you can deal with that. And I'm going to like deal with what's actually happening, you know? Totally, totally. And then Marina like tries to make out with her while somebody's coming out of a stall. And Marina is completely nonplussed. Like yeah. just, she's totally fine. Right. And Jenny's like, stop it. Yeah. <laughs> like later. That is okay? how she's she like, says it. Now. Stop it. <laughs> 
Oh, so then Jenny's inspired. Yes, she's writing more of her, uh, more of her Jenny story, her and, Sarah Schuster story, whatever. And Tim looks over her shoulder at what she's writing on the laptop, and then is surprised. I'm, I'm with- not. Only Reese can see me, but I'm nodding very emphatically because <laughs> I can tell by your tone that you feel how I feel about this. I would snap the laptop shut and say, "Get the fuck out of my tool shed!" Right. It was such an invasion. And like Jenny was like felt bad about being yeah. like, hey, Tim, fuck off. And we know she feels bad because she shut it because she doesn't she's not like feeling vulnerable with Tim. She's feeling guilty because she has these feelings. But like all that aside, like don't fucking go up behind somebody and read what they're writing. Rude. Yeah. It's so rude, especially like who does who does that? Is that their relationship thus far? Tim just comes in and looks at her writing and she's writing. Yeah, especially since he obviously doesn't read. So I don't know why she even cares about his opinion. Yeah, I agree with all of these points, Reese. Um, another point is, does Jenny have a small undercut? Because I, she went, <laughs> like when she was in the house with Tim, they like move into the house uh-huh. and they're like having their whole conversation where he's like, you're perfect, I love you or whatever. Um, and she goes to get the phone that rings and it looks like she has a little tiny bit of an undercut. Like it looks like there's like short hair in the back. So I'm just huh. putting it to the masses. I don't think undercuts had been invented yet. Mm, maybe maybe Jenny invented them. Oh yeah, that was the seedling <laughs> that turned into. What do you it. mean undercuts had been invented? They, maybe <laughs> they hadn't been claimed by lesbians yet, but there were people in my middle school that had undercuts. I was so surprised that you just were like, mm-hmm, when I said that. Uh, yeah, I did. I wasn't. <laughs> Sometimes I get so set on making my point that I just <laughs> mm-hmm until it clicks a couple minutes later. Mm-hmm. Oh, but you know what else is that? Mm-hmm. Um, I think we're trying to keep this like keep spoilers very very light. Mm-hmm. on this but when jenny says i'm not quite sure what i'm doing in la that conversation yeah. that is that conversation is going to happen again in season three with two different characters Ooh, yeah. wait like the same Which, exact conversation almost the same conversation cool or okay. like well jenny will be part of it but on the other side Oh, which nice. I didn't. I don't even know. Realize. I wish I knew what you were talking about. And I well, I hope no one well. does because then it would count as a spoiler. <clears throat> <laughs> um, so Marina calls yeah. to ask Jenny to go to dinner. Mm-hmm. This is also perfect Jenny response. Yeah. Like, Tim, I could go to dinner, but like I don't have to go to dinner. Why don't you tell me not to go to dinner? Shouldn't I not go to dinner? And Tim's like, dude, calm down. Yeah. Go to dinner. Yeah. <laughs> then. Damn Here we go. Foxworthy. Fucking Foxworthy. But at first, when when I first started watching this scene, they're at the couple's therapist, and Bet, of course, is late. She walks in and she's like, I'm late for a good reason. I found us a donor. I didn't really take insult to this because I just assumed that what Bet meant was Tina was gonna talk to the donor yeah. and also and then decide, right? So I found the immediate response of like fuck you to be a little weird since literally like last. I guess we're to believe it's last month that a month has passed because yeah. she's ovulating again, which uh-huh. is also weird. Well, but also there was a weird time jump like Marina invites her to the writing club a week from Monday. And then all of a sudden it's oh. the writing club or something. So I, I think right. that this, first of all, the Elwood plays fast and loose with time. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> which for me personally, the saddest part about that is that they never have a Christmas episode because they never have any <gasps> acknowledgement of what time of year it is. There's oh, no holidays. Wow. And See, all I want. happens when you live in Los Angeles. If anyone from Showtime is reading this, I have written an L Word Christmas special that I will sell to you if you're oh. ever fucking interested in it. Oh, my God. It, Reese, if they don't buy it, can we, um, as a special episode one day, like cast all of our friends yes. in it and, and do a, an audio play? Absolutely. Great. Great. Um, so anyhow, this is a big, this is a big thing. Bet is apparently has found a donor without talking to Tina mm-hmm. and has been like, he's meeting you tomorrow to go to the cryobank and freeze the sperm. Mm-hmm. And of course, Dan Foxworthy just sits there and stares at, I hate him so much. <laughs> and so begins this whole through mm-hmm. line of, of the episode, which is that Bet has chosen this guy without talking to Tina and that the guy shows up to the door and Tina is like, oh my gosh, this is a black man that is donating sperm and Bet didn't even tell me. There's I a thought lot Tina talk- was being a complete cunt about this whole thing. But I do feel like Dan Foxworthy was a little bit correct 
er, when he said that probably Bet felt rejected too when Tina rejected. Like, like you're okay with me being black mm-hmm. until we actually have to talk about what that means. And then Tina's not comfortable anymore. And I think that's that's felt to me like what it was happening was that like Tina was only comfortable with it when it wasn't when it wasn't discussed or when it wasn't acknowledged. And as soon as it totally. became very, very apparently acknowledged, she was like, er, and that was like, I can imagine that was really hard for Bet, who obviously already has like a complicated relationship with that. And I'm sure has a complicated relationship with the fact that most of her friends are white and that this show did not cast anyone of color to do anything for a very long time. Right. Right. Um, yeah, I agree with that. And I do, I do as much as I hate Dan Foxworthy, that was the one moment. There was the one moment he actually sounded like a therapist, to be honest with True. you. And I think that this is also um, a super 2004 mm-hmm. uh, way of looking at this issue. And also, um, yeah, because it did. Yeah, we'll talk about it later, I guess. But that did feel that that felt almost sad to me a little bit, you know, that Bet was like, OK, fine, I won't make it a thing, you know. Yeah, let's just do and it with think, this white guy. And I was like, oh, like you should you should have the room to make it a thing, you know, because it because it is. I know. And that and that Tina was just sort of like, uh, great. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, you know, like Tina wasn't like, actually, there's room for both of us in this conversation and there should actually be a little bit more room for you. Yeah, it was very 2004. Yes. So um, my notes here are yeah. Tim can read question mark. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah. And now she reviles you like you revile your own craving. I wrote it down. <laughs> I tried to not listen to it. I, I like, well, well, he was reading out loud. I was like, ah, <laughs> <laughs> don't don't read her writing. It ruins everything. This is odd because Tim is not painted as somebody who's like interested whatsoever in like talking about the writing of anyone the you know it's like it just seems like they've set it up where like tim isn't interested and marina is so it's i don't know interesting that he's reading back to jenny her own story and then this scene though and then he's like you scare me i see you going right to that edge you know i know you have to disappear that kind of Mm -hmm. thing like that that scene i remember at the time especially because i was still i hadn't had a girlfriend i know was usually dating men that's like how all my relationships were whereas like i was Mm. with sort of like this like handsome jock type you know and like it was um, I had one boyfriend I was with for a year and a half who did not read anything I wrote until I tried to break up with him. Because of that? That was part of it, yeah. Yeah. Like, he just had zero interest in it at all. And so I was always in these conversations where I felt like that part of me was something that, like, I would never be able to share with a partner. Mm-hmm. That that mm-hmm. was just going to be my thing that I did on my own. And it felt very weird because especially sometimes I would have writer friends who, like, had partners who were also writers or artists in some way. And I would be so jealous that they could share that. I'm like, well, I guess I'm just like going to the Pistons game and I'll go <laughs> with him and he'll, I'll go to the poetry reading by myself. And like, I don't want to drag him to the poetry reading, but it was always just really kind of a bummer that like, I never felt like that side of me was ever supported by, right. by any of the men I dated. And so like this felt, and I think at the time and, and now still, like I just identified with her so much in that scene, right. you know, and like I thought it was, Tim was obviously trying, but also I think he was aware that there's a distance between them. Yeah, and I, I think that's probably more what this is here to show us is that Tim is not somebody who um, is somebody who's going to like give feedback on writing, but he's doing that here and he's like invested here because he is truly head over heels mm-hmm. for Jenny. You know, I mean, he built her a freaking studio. Um, and so far, at least, every move that he's made in the series has been showing her or going out of her his way to show her that he loves her and will do anything for her. Yeah. But I think in her and I think in her position, sometimes it can feel or it always felt for me like it was like this. I don't want to say fetishizing, but it was sort of like, oh, I have this cute artsy girlfriend. She's artsy. Yeah. She does artsy things. And I appreciate it. But there's like and didn't realize just like how big of a distance still remains, you know, because from because being an artist is so much like a deep part of your identity in a way that a lot of other maybe occupations aren't, you know, mm-hmm. um, but maybe that's just me being self-centered. Much no. like Jenny. <laughs> I'm I'm curious to know, though, do you feel like in your relationships, is that um, a, a factor that is necessary for you or that you feel yes. is necessary that you're with somebody who is also, also an artist in some capacity so that they can understand the way that it occupies space in your life? Yes. And luckily, yeah, a lesbian, so- as a lesbian, it's been really easy to find partners who, for some reason, play acoustic guitar. <clears throat> <laughs> well, surprising. <laughs> I don't know any. I haven't dated anybody who's ever played an acoustic guitar Yeah, I don't guitar think myself. you have. 
Yeah. <laughs> Only 14 guitars. Yeah, literally the A-Camp band is almost entirely people I have dated. The A-Camp family <laughs> band. That's one way to recruit. You know? Yeah, it is. That's, <laughs> God, I hate my life. Okay. Um, <clears throat> um, so Tina is on the phone. This, this is a little interstitial. It's not super important, but it's just like Tina's on the phone with um, Allison or somebody. Yeah. I, Alice, maybe. They're talking about going out. And what I want to call out, the scene's there to let us know that like Tina's going to skip going out because she's going to go to Beth's writing thing or um, speaking thing. Talk. Um, but the way that Tina is on the phone, she's like, yeah, no, all right. But she leaves absolutely no room for the person on the other line to I know, I was like, at the, all. I was going to say the acting in this scene is incredibly subpar it's was like, pretty bad <laughs> i was like you're not on the phone with anyone yeah. stop pretending this yeah. is like when i had that right. liar friend who'd had fake conversations with her dad and then throw the phone you right know? i was like um, laurel hallman didn't do that much better you know <laughs> truly she didn't we really you know we're gonna obviously learn a lot more about the relationship of kit and bet but we were to believe from the first half of the pilot that they had a very fraught relationship but now we're seeing that like they do but they're also sisters you know like mm -hmm. they're they're also bet's gonna go to kit's house when she's feeling confused and torn and upset um yeah. probably because she's not only her sister but also another woman of color yeah the um, only other woman of color in los angeles according to this literally. program yeah <laughs> yeah she's like also, i have this one house to go to kit looked really beautiful in the scene I was yeah like, you're so radiant pam greer um also the set dressing of kit's apartment it was like a couch and then two guitars on stands like <laughs> we get it we get it <laughs> but also like bet did want to give up on the convo and leave like so fast and kit didn't let her which i appreciated yeah yeah and and the like older younger sister dynamic i think starts to surface in this mm -hmm. scene of her being like hey you do this thing and like i'm gonna tell you like i know it, it sort of seemed like kit was saying like i know that i've fucked you over before right like i know i've left in the past but i'm not leaving now and so you shouldn't leave either and um i think we see bet cry for the first time this is the first time bet cries she already cried in the first half of the pilot. She cries a lot. She cries a lot um, because I, I do love watching her cry. Not that I love watching Bet cry, but I just think that uh, that she does a good job uh, Our acting. Team name for Elward Trivia was Bet's O face is the same as her crying face. Oh, some things you pay attention to. Great. My next note is Alice and Dana are cute. Um, Did you note that the party is called Milk? I, I did. I didn't until the very end. Mm -hmm. um, and then I wrote down, oh, milk. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. Uh, Dana's wearing pigtails. Yes. I call these duty balls, actually. I used to wear them all the time. Yeah. Um, oh, really? Because they're two buns um, instead of actual pigtails. I can't deal with what you just said. You called them. Duty balls? <laughs> I don't know why. <laughs> I don't know why. I think my I think a friend of mine called them that and it just stuck. But like oh why? I don't anyway, that's what they are. So you're welcome. You can all call them that now. <laughs> so we know that Alice and Data are going to the club. That's gonna be real important for later um, when they leave the club and go to Alice's, but we'll get there. Yes. And then the like scene begins at Bet's talk. Uh -huh. There's a couple of things I would like to say. One, <laughs> the fact that the first shot of Bet at the talk is standing in front of a dick and some boobs um, is like really indicative of what this series is going to do with like Bet and art. It's yeah. just like sh sh she's always it's always like the most extreme thing. And she's yeah. just standing in front of it being Bet. Uh -huh. <laughs> <laughs> the other thing I would like to say is I just um, purchased a white tuxedo for myself and I felt really seen that Bet is wearing a completely white suit to this talk. Uh, yeah. So nice I mean, job. it reminded me of how when I saw your white tuxedo, I was like, I need a white tuxedo. And then when I saw Bet, I was like reminded of that all over again it's pretty good right it's yeah, pretty good it's really i'm good. happy that i have one yeah <laughs> um so this fucking guy i oh. <laughs> this whole scene not scene but like whole arc of them this dude like hits on tina and is obviously hitting on both of them when he's and, like you when your wife is so sexy i'm sorry yeah. if that's if that's something and she was like no it's not it's fine i'm like what yeah, he says no offense, and she says nothing to take offense about. And I'm like, really, Bet? There's nothing? There's not one thing? You can't think of one. Okay. <laughs> You're a lesbian. Get offended. Yes. Yeah, That's what we do. And then, like, from a fertility perspective and a health perspective, like, the fact that they 
We've learned that they've been trying for six months. We've learned that they are very well aware of doctors and sperm banks and legal contracts and all of this sort of thing. So the fact that they are not one, but both of them just like, you know what? We don't know this dude at all. He's never been tested for anything that we know of. We don't like, we don't know anything about him and we're fine. Not only bringing that into our home, but we're fine. Uh, not telling him the penis, the pussy, the baby. Um, yeah, I'm just upset about it. Uh, and then meanwhile, back at the club, Reese. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Now she's cute. And I haven't seen her before. Is it possible? Fresh meat. New blood. Crispy. Uh-uh. Just some, just some ladies. Uh, looking at some ladies. No big deal. Uh, and then we get to this scene with Jenny and Marina. Yeah, that was fine. Um, I want to talk here about the fact that um, Reese and I have watched up until now different versions. Um, and we talked about it a little bit in the first pilot that the uh, version that I'm watching is on Showtime. And if you're watching it on Netflix, if you're watching it any streaming place, um, you have the wrong music. Uh, it is not, it, it is quite explicitly the wrong yeah. music. Um, and if you're watching on the DVDs, you get the music as was chosen by the music supervisors. Um, there's, there's two, at least two scenes that we discussed in this that are drastically different. And this is the first one where Marina and Jenny are doing it. And I watched this scene truly and was like, this is pretty like, tame for what I would imagine this sex scene to be. It's Jenny's first time being with a woman. I wrote like, maybe it should be sweatier, um, <laughs> like a little bit sweatier. It just seemed very dry, dry yeah. like not a lot of fluids of any kind. Um, <laughs> but then Reese sent me a um, recording of the DVD and with the music shifted, the amount of passion that is infused into the scene is completely different. So I guess this is your cue to go buy the DVDs or to know that you're missing out if you yeah. don't. And I think, and I also think that Netflix should be, and all these streaming services should be having a thing at the front of the episodes that says like, this has been formatted. You know how they like change it? Like this has been yeah. formatted to fit your screen. Like they should have warnings because it's a very different show. And like it is. what music goes along with a scene is not an incidental choice. It's no, a crucial no. choice. And if you if you have both, you should watch this scene back to back and you will see like it is night and day. Yeah. Different. Um, I thought it was pretty does, hot. Yeah. No, it was. And especially with the music up, it was it was really I thought it was good. The, the, the piece of this that hit me the hardest was, I guess, we're to believe maybe this is when she's having an orgasm. Um, but regardless, when she covers her face and like starts to cry yeah I I I just like almost started crying because I I just I felt it was so powerful like this yeah. is so real this moment of like holy shit I'm mm -hmm. I'm doing this thing it's happening it's real like it's tangible and tactile I'm doing it and I am now this person right mm -hmm. it's it just it gives me like full body chills to remember um this process for myself yeah same. Uh, and, and what it was like right like I remember mm -hmm. I remember it's it's one thing entirely when you're thinking about it. And mm -hmm. then when you're doing it, it's just like, I, I remember for 24 hours after first sleeping with a girl, being like astounded and horrified and like in wonder, like I was just so many things and I was so distracted. I couldn't think of anything else. I just kept replaying it in my head over and over again. And I just think it's done really beautifully. Yeah. And it's the betrayal, you know? And like, unfortunately, yeah. I must admit that I have done that in my youth and definitely related to that feeling because when this when you're just when the sex is happening and you're face to face it's like I mean that's part of what's great about sex is like you don't have any other thoughts in your head it's just like all consuming like your body becomes your your think your brain in a way yeah, yeah. and then when someone you know because she's like going down on her so she doesn't have like someone right in front of her face Mm -hmm. And she's getting to that point, like the, just the real, the like the full weight of like I am betraying somebody who loves me, and I am mm -hmm. having sex with a woman. It's so much. It's so much, and she does it beautifully. <sighs> I she mean, does. really, Mia Kirshner like, under should have won an Emmy for this. Honestly, I mm -hmm. mean, this episode alone, I'm I I was like, wow, I I'm really excited to be experiencing the series again because. Um, I'm watching it with two totally different eyeballs, and um, I think I'm gonna have different feelings about all of the characters. Yeah. Than I than I did on the first watch. 
Um, meanwhile, back at fucking threesome house, which of course, like the dude rolls up on a motorcycle and then it's just like, like fully full of directions. Like yeah. I'm going to do this and you do that. And I'm like, shut up this guy. Oh my God. He's also wearing a free city shirt. Oh, which is the, which is the label that was owned by, um, Leisha Haley's girlfriend. Wow, look at you. Full trivia, trivia. I know too much about this show. <laughs> you know just enough, Reese. Just especially enough. for having a podcast That's about true. it. That's accurate. Um, and we talked about this. I'm pissed about the way the whole sperm donor stealing sperm thing is handled. And of course, why didn't they consider the fact that this dude might use a condom? Is it just like, I mean, I, I don't know too much about sex with men. I... <laughs> I would have maybe considered that, like, uh, he might use a condom. In my experience, which, again, was a while ago, although I guess it was around the time period of this. Yeah. It was it still was not very, it was not that easy to uh, to get, get a guy to take the condom initiative, no. Right, right. But usually that's because I'd be like, I'm on the pill. <laughs> right, Which right, is the opposite right. of what's happening here. You know? Totally. So for for better or for worse, uh, this guy is like, "Fuck you guys! All dykes are the same." Yeah, <laughs> like, like what? How many? Like, has what? this happened to a lot? Is- and also, if this happens to me all the time, then why are you like trolling for lesbian couples at an art talk? You fucking per. Right. Get out of this show. Yeah. <laughs> um. Meanwhile, Jenny gets home. Um, she sort of, I, this is a really nice little shot, um, where the motorcycle is pulling away mm-hmm. and drives by Jenny as she's pulling up. I just thought it was like a really fluid way of like reminding us that these two storylines are happening right next to each other. Mm-hmm. Um, it was really pretty. And then Alice and Dana shake hands because they're never going to have sex. Yeah. Um, which like, I'm just saying, usually when you shake on something like that, good luck. <laughs> <laughs> and also... <laughs> Um, when when Tim's like, I like your old perfume better. Oh, <gasps> I, I was like, that this is that, very heavy handed, but I will accept. Oh, this I gift. loved it. I will take. Yeah, it. no, I loved it. Yeah, it was heavy handed in a way, but I I thought it was really powerful, and honestly, probably all because of Mia's acting. Yeah, um, and I've been it, there she, too. That like you come home and then you're like, oh my god, oh my god, I'm the worst. Because oh, and are. she like gets in bed like. And and the last scene or the last moment of that scene where like he says that and mm-hmm. she like is crying but she's like doing it so that her body doesn't move at all because yeah. he's holding her. <gasps> oh, it is hard to. Who knew? It's so many. There's so many feelings. situations in which I've not wanted the person who's holding me to know that I'm crying, and it's hard. That's real, Ray. It's That's hard. Very real. It's yeah, hard. it is hard to not have your shoulders shake when you cry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. So we started this episode with a sound clip because uh, we are introduced to something in this scene, aren't we, Rafe? We are. We're introduced to the fact that Dana doesn't seem to realize (laughs) that it's pretty easy in Los Angeles (laughs) to connect a person to another person through a hookup chart. Yep. Um, We get the chart. Now, Reese, you had a chart, right? Did you not have a chart of your own? Steph had made a chart. Our friend, Steph, St- our friend Steph, she's in our social group. So as you may have heard, all lesbians are connected. Mm-hmm. So um, we would be on that chart in some capacity. Yeah. Also, we learn um, in this uh, little mini chart that Alice has slept with Bette. Uh, it's the first time we, we learned that. Oh, yeah, right? it is, isn't it? Yeah. But that's also um, when Alice is like, oh, that's easy. And I'm like, Dana, how could you have forgotten? Right. Yeah. yeah. But I mean, I guess the whole thing is like Dana's like doesn't know what anyone's doing, you know. Right. Because Dana's playing tennis. You know, yeah. she's just always playing tennis. She can't keep up with the social mores of the lesbian <laughs> community. <laughs> but this this started because the writers and producers made their own chart. What? Yeah. Look at you. I love this. This is so fun for me <laughs> that I get to like learn live on air. Yeah. Um, and we can talk to our special guest about that next next episode. Yeah. Um, yeah. They made a chart to see how they all connected. And then they were like, this is a fun device. Let's do it in the show. Holy And then shit. let's make a whole dysfunctional website about it. But that's later. Um, I loved also a lot of the, the cinematography. And this was really spot on. Like, I thought it was really beautiful and cool how they like went from the mini chart and then the scene ended and it sort of swooped up to reveal the big chart. Just like nice work over yeah. there, everybody doing it well. And then when she's like, um, it's this whole crazy tiny little world. And she's like crazy, but not tiny. 
And it does speak to the fact that like any lesbian group of friends is going to be chock full of drama. Yeah. I have yet to find a group that isn't Reese. I know. And now <laughs> that like, just... so in our group of friends, um, a whole bunch of us who have been in pretty much long-term relationships for a bazillion years, like mm-hmm. everyone broke up all around the same time. So now yep, the chart now just... is like a fucking, it's like growing so fast. It's like pulsing and everything's getting messier and messier. At some point, don't the credits include like the chart, but like lighting up or am I losing yeah. my mind? Yeah, yeah that's, that's what's, mm-hmm. that's what's happening to our chart right now. It's like yeah. beep, beep, boop, 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 beep, beep, like in places that, <laughs> that have been like dead <laughs> for so long. Yeah. It's like the ivy overtaking the side of a building, you know, and before long, none of us are even going to be friends anymore. Yeah. Wow. It's a good thing we're doing this podcast now, Reese. I know. Who knows how much longer we have? Oh, so then Bet and Tina have sex. And I um, I do think that this is a good sex scene yeah. between the two of them. Um, I think we're led to believe that they come at the same time, right? Are we? I don't know. It's like lightly. If they do, I, I my one feedback is like, maybe they could come a little harder. But <laughs> Come it's harder, seems- ladies. Yeah, so then Shane comes by in the... <sighs> The infamous shirt. I have something um, for you, Reese, which is that um, when I was watching this, I was like, oh, wow, um, Shane's doing the walk of shame. And then I wrote, oh, my God, it's the walk of Shane. (laughs) 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 Whoa! You're welcome. Uh, Thank you. Shane is wearing a shoestring, a shoestring, I think. Uh, Yeah, Uh, I think it's like she uh, killed a baby seal. Um, like wrapped it in shoe leather, put it over an open grill, untied it, <laughs> laid it out flat, ironed it with a flat iron, tied it back together with hemp rope, threw it on her body, had sex, put it back on. If I had worn that anywhere, as soon as I had sex with someone, I'd be like, do you have a t-shirt I could borrow? You know? Oh my God. Ironed it with a flat iron was where shit got very real for you in that description. <laughs> well, do you think Shane has an iron? She obviously has a no. flat iron. Yeah, many, I think. Multiple yeah. flat irons. Because you can't walk home. I mean, they reminded me of me, like, walking home to the train, like, from a really, really far part of Brooklyn where one of my shoes had broken, you know? Mm-hmm. And I was wearing, like, a sundress, and it was the next day. Oh. So, I didn't have anything, so I'm there in the same, like, sundress and thong I was wearing the day before. Oh, that's rough. And a broken shoe. Wow. That was a peak moment for you. It's not even my worst walk of shame story. <laughs> and that my friends is why I don't do sleepovers okay um so I want to say well a couple of things um before we get to like the end yeah. end scene here um there's this moment where Jenny wakes up in the morning which we've talked about already how spot on I think this like progression of Jenny sleeping with Marina realizing that her whole life is being turned upside down has been and in this moment of having fallen asleep and then waking up mm. and like um, the Mack truck of it all just like slamming into your body and you being like, oh no, it's a new day. And all this stuff is still here yeah. uh, is very, very, I just felt like it was really accurate. Yeah. I hate that moment when you wake up, when something terrible has happened or not oh. terrible, but just like intense has happened the night before and you wake up and you remember it and you're like, Oh, why did I wake up? Right. Especially when it takes a beat, you know, like, which I feel like it kind of does where you're like, oh, I'm waking up. I'm waking up. I'm, oh my God. (laughs) (laughs) You know? Yeah. Uh, And then, Reese, I didn't know, and I texted you when I was watching it. (laughs) I, and this, this was great fun for me because (laughs) I did not have any idea that Tim proposed to Jenny. Oh. And I lost my mind. It was like getting to watch it for the first time, which is like yeah. some of the benefit of having no memory, you know. Yeah. Um, but I, I lost my mind. First of all, you know, in that moment, like you can't no, you can't enter into a marriage with someone who proposed <laughs> to you the day after you fucked someone else. Nope, you sure can't. But you also know in that moment that she's going to say yes. I mean, she... Like, what is she going to do? Right. Like, she she kind of has 
to say yes. I mean, mm-hmm. listen, she doesn't have to say yes, but putting no myself in Jenny's they don't want to do. Yes. Right. Says Marina. Um, but putting her, putting myself in Jenny's shoes, I'm, I'm certain that I would say yes in that moment. Um, cause she has no idea what the fuck, where the fuck her feet even are on the ground and they're, Mm-mm. if they're on the ground at all. And, um, yeah. And this is, uh, this is the other scene that we were talking about where the music completely is completely different. Um, mm-hmm. I did find that the emotional resonance of this scene still hit me since I obviously lost my mind in this reveal. But um, the scene, the song is what? Reese Cannonball? Yeah, it's by... supposed to be Cannonball by Damien Rice. Yeah, and it's um, and... really powerful if you watch it with that song. Yeah. It's a really, yeah, it's a very intense, t- intense moment and scene. Yeah. Yeah, and and to go like to cut to black, right? Yeah. It's just like holy shit! Uh, great job. Just I, I didn't. I knew that I watched the series um, when it was on out of a sense of obligation, um, and but I do remember being really engaged in parts of it, and I couldn't really remember which parts they were. I I know that for me, as the series went on, I think towards the end, I really started to kind of lose the thread. But I I really didn't remember being so moved um Mm. and maybe that's because I was so close to this journey at the time of watching it that like you know having having been through these things or going through these things so close to it you kind of can't see it necessarily but now having a lot of distance from like these experiences in my life I just feel like holy shit like they really did a a beautiful job in this episode I was very moved at the time and I mean at the time I was like dating a guy who was like a really muscly jock type and starting yeah. to realize that I actually liked women. Yeah, the, I can't imagine watching it under those circumstances. I think I tried it's, to make him watch it at one point, which... Wow. But Which totally is like what... Je- it's like we see Jenny doing that so much with Tim, not tr- trying to get him to join in on the Marina side of things, but like it's like she uses him to h- try to erase yeah. the journey that she's going on um, mm-hmm. to undo it for herself because she's so scared and confused. Yeah. I don't think I tried for very hard or very long. I think and eventually like when season two started, we were still together mm-hmm. at the very start of it. And I remember I would watch it on Sunday night with my friends and he and I would be like, you're not allowed to come over on Sunday nights because wow. I knew that after the show, I would not want to touch a man. Right. Oh, yeah. Power of television. Hmm. Yeah. But yeah, um, this was a really I think this is a great pilot. Yeah, I do too. I think it's a phenomenal pilot. And pilots are often not great um, yeah. because you have to get so much information. And And the, it, I think having it be a two-parter or two hours allowed for it to be as powerful as it is. Because usually with pilots, at least in my experience, they're, they're also the reason that they struggle is because they're trying to fit all of that introductory stuff into, you know, between 30 and 40 something minutes, Mm -hmm. uh, which is really hard to do um, in a way that feels natural and powerful. And since they had the room, you know, because the first half was like, was good. I I liked it. But the second half is like, they really, you know, got you into the characters enough where you could go on this journey with them and feel for them already, which was great. And they had to reshoot a lot of it because the original, there was a different Tim originally. Um, Oh, wow. They also had Kit was gay and had the chart tattooed on her back originally. Oh my God! You're just holding on to this piece of information. <laughs> her wow. character was called the Captain. What? Yeah, she was like the this like she was like the lesbian. She was making a documentary about her group of friends or whatever, and had the, the chart was tattooed on her back. Was she still Bet's sister? No. Okay, so she was a different character. She was not Bet's sister. She was mm-hmm. um, uh, just another gay woman who had the chart. So she would get a new tattoo every time somebody else got added. You know, I wonder if that was part of um, any conversations they had about it. <laughs> kind of be wow. a bummer, you know? Wow. Well, Reese, is there anything else you'd like to say about this episode? Any other mind-blowing facts you have for us? <laughs> um, no, I don't. I don't think so. I think that we did it. What what would you rate this episode on a scale of one to ten? Um, on a scale of one to ten, uh, like uh, contained with like, am I measuring it against other L word episodes, or am I measuring it against all of television forever? Yep, the latter. All of television forever. Um, I thought this was really good. I think I would give it an eight out of ten. Okay. What about you? Nine. Nine. 
Nine out of ten, yeah. This is a yeah, the only episode. thing that could have made it better is if they had not said nipple confidence ever. If they had not said that, that would have made a ten out of ten for me. Yeah, 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 definitely. I also could have done. I, I think that uh, Laurel Holloman could have done a better job on that phone call. Yeah, she uh. definitely could have stepped it up. <laughs> um, but yeah, I thought I thought it was really fucking great, and yeah. I am really excited for. The next episode, which will be our third and the season's second. Yeah. Um, oh, I also want to tell you that I am starting to see private clients, Kristen. Oh, on, oh. An, on our exclusive basis. Oh, um, uh, wow. So, yeah, yeah. If you're interested in that, just um, let me know. Okay. I am. And, and your hip flexors are, are really looking great. Thank you. You know why? It's because I've been sitting in a ball in my actual closet for an hour recording a <laughs> podcast episode, which is great for your hips. <laughs> You know, with my dog sitting on top of me. So, okay. So, mm-hmm. um, Reese wants me to do the whole um, the whole outro today by myself. So I'm gonna I'm gonna do my best. Um, I am not Reese Bernard, but Reese Bernard is Reese Bernard. Uh, Reese Bernard is the CEO of Autostraddle.com, the world's most important website. Hard stop. Uh, and uh, you can you can learn more about Autostraddle, of course, on Autostraddle.com. You can follow Autostraddle at Autostraddle, and you can and should follow Reese on Twitter and on Instagram at AutoWin. How did I do? Oh, that was great. You really summed me up. <laughs> Thank you. Um, and I am Kristen Russo, uh, and you can find more about the work that I do with queer communities on my website, kristennolene.com. I'm going to spell it for you in a second. Don't worry. You can also find me on Twitter and Instagram at kristennolene. That's K-R-I-S-T-I-N-N-O-E-L-I-N-E, as Reese pointed out last episode. It is not Kristen Online. It's Kristen Nolene. Nolene is my middle name. You're all welcome. Uh, thanks so much, as always, to Beast Dadwell, who did that beautiful theme song that you heard up at the top. Uh, lyrics written, I should say, by one Reese Bernard. Uh, Thank you. <laughs> well, the, the first half of the lyrics. The mm-hmm. other half are from the show. Uh, and... Also, thank, if, you, if you checked out our really beautiful, cool logo that's done by Kara Sykes. So thank you to both of them. And uh, we will see you next Monday for, what is it? Let's do it. Let's, what's it called? Let's do it. It is Let's Do It. Nice. All right. Bye. Bye. Laughing, moving, fisting, fighting, fucking crying, drinking, squirting, judging, ranting, camping, riding, thinking, scheming. This is the way, it's the way that we.